Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back-to-school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back-to-school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. All right. Hey, guys. Hey, guys, and welcome into the Heel Tough Blog Podcast live call-in show. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, here hanging out with you guys on this Saturday afternoon. And, yeah, we don't have Tar Heel football just yet, but believe it or not, Tar Heel football is right around the corner. Three weeks away from today will be when the Tar Heels will travel and be on the road in Berkeley to play the Cal Bears. So this is your chance to get on, call in. I want to hear what you guys have to think about this upcoming team this year, where you guys think that this team will end up finishing in the ACC, preferably the ACC Coastal. Maybe you see them going to the ACC championship game. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Let me know what you guys think, and uh, we'll get you guys on the air. We'll try to get those opinions out there. 30 minutes on this show. If it ends up going well, I will try to cycle back around and do this again down the line sometime within the next couple of days. It just kind of depends on how the show works out. Um, you know, unfortunately, the other night we were unable to get anything big time done because um, for some reason it wasn't letting me go live. But, you know, we're on air today, um, and I think this is something that, you know, you guys really could get behind. So, yeah, just call on in, uh, get those opinions out there. We want to hear you, um, and we want to know what do you think of this team, a team that really brings a lot of question marks to the table, you know, as of this moment. I mean, when, when you look at it, I mean, the quarterback position now is officially solved, but there are a lot of other areas where we don't really know a whole lot, especially, you know, when you look on the defensive or on the offensive line, um, you know, now the defensive line, of course, you know, they came in as a strength. Now you kind of wonder just where that team might be going um, at this point because uh, of the suspensions that we are seeing. So, you know, at this point, it's just one of those things where we're trying to figure out uh, if, that, if, if this team, at least for the first four games of the year, how they're going to be able to stack up. That's a crucial point for this team. It's really going to pretty much, in my opinion, I think it's going to be what ends up determining how far this team goes, um, you know, this, this coming season. So, um, you know, call on in, guys. I want to hear your opinions on this. I want to see what you guys think of this team. 
Um, I, I know there's a lot of opinions out there at, at this point. You know, how is your opinion maybe even adjusted since, you know, let's say these suspensions came down on Monday? You know, when, when I first saw the suspensions, you know, I, 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 was, I was somewhat concerned. I'm not going to say overly concerned because I do believe that at this point, team is kind of built for this you know last year we saw the team go through so many injuries that yeah it made a little bit of sense that you know they saw some experience for the guys behind them the guys that were depth players ended up having to come in and play extensive minutes and again this year um, they're going to have to do the same thing a lot of these guys are going to be playing roles early on in the year that maybe they weren't expected to play but when you look at the specific areas that were really affected by it uh, of course, the defensive line is where everybody's going to turn. No Malik Carney uh, for four games. He is going to play in the first game, and then he will miss the next three. Uh, have a break for the Miami game. He will play in that game, and then he will turn around and miss the Virginia Tech game. So some big games being missed from him. And then Timone Fox, of course, ends up getting suspended as well. Um, you know, Tyrone Hopper, more of a depth guy. That, that kind of hurts a little bit. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I do think that uh, th- there are guys that are in in a uh, in a good enough spot, I think, to be able to take over and really hold their own on that defensive line. Tyler Powell coming back, I think, is huge. A lot of people may not have realized that, uh, you know, early on in the season. I think a lot of people may have kind of said, uh, you know, how important can this guy really be? He's had some trouble staying healthy. Now he becomes that guy that can play either defensive tackle or defensive end. He becomes flexible. Another guy to look at is Nolan DeFranco in a role like that. DeFranco can play both defensive tackle and defensive end. Now, there are no suspensions at defensive tackle, but the concern has to be in the fact that as of right now, Jalen Dalton is injured. We don't really know how healthy he's going to be going towards the start of the season. A lot of people are saying that it's it's not supposed to be all that serious, but right now at the moment, he hasn't, so far he has not practiced. So, you know, you got to think, okay, there's got to be some kind of concern at this point that it could be something severe. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they end up masking that, who ends up stepping up. A lot of people, I think, were encouraged by uh, Brand Lawless, the transfer from Tennessee that was brought in the other day. I am as well. I think Brant Lawless could end up being a factor somewhere down the line. I think he ends up joining us here a, a little too late maybe to make an impact this year. Uh, the true freshman down there, I know Jaleel Taylor has really surprised a couple of people so far in fall camp. Haven't heard a ton on Gavin Lewis. Uh, most of the focus has been on the defensive ends down there. Uh, so Chris Collins is, is definitely a guy that could see some time at either defensive end or linebacker. I think it just depends on which area they feel is more affected by the suspensions. Linebacker only has one suspension, but it's a big one in Malik Robinson, who is supposed to be able to play either on, either outside linebacker or uh, inside linebacker, and most people, as they got closer towards uh, the start of fall camp, kind of saw him as that backup to Jonathan Smith in the middle. Now they've got to kind of adjust. Jeremiah Gemmel, I think, is going to be the guy that's probably going to play in there, but Jeremiah Gemmel's a little bit undersized. He's more of an outside linebacker body style as opposed to Robinson, who is a little bit bigger. 
Kyle Wright, I think, is the guy that's probably going to have to step up in that role because of that. So that's going to be interesting to see just what can happen there at that position now that, you know, Robinson's on the shelf. And I think if they end up moving Gemmel inside to uh, middle linebacker to back up Jonathan Smith, then you have that open spot at outside linebacker. You know, Alan Ornis has played a little bit there. That's one of the guys that they're really focusing on. Matthew Flint, the true freshman uh, that was at one time also committed to Tennessee. He has really impressed so far, and they think he could come in and play a big role. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that linebacker position. Now, they are wanting to go more nickel and dime. And yesterday I had Pat James on the podcast. I'm actually going to post the article that I wrote yesterday um, for that, because unfortunately something went wrong with the recording device on my computer. Don't know exactly what happened there, but um, we are able to uh, still, I, I am able to still write something about what we talked about yesterday. And one of the things I asked him about was that nickel and dime package that the Tar Heels were trying to incorporate more in this year's defense. And, you know, he told me that despite the suspensions of Trey Shaw and Greg Ross, two guys that were expected to factor in, in those nickel and dime packages, he really feels like they're probably going to stick with the group that – with that plan. They're going to probably go with the group that they have, and they're still going to try to throw some nickel and dime packages out there. Got to remember that C.J. Cotman and – Patrice Renee are battling. The loser of that battle will probably kick inside on one of those nickel and dime uh, or dime corners. Um, some other guys to keep an eye on, of course, is going to be Miles Woolfolk, who I think will probably play nickelback. I think there were some people thinking he might be able to move back into one of the safety spots if they needed him early in the year with Miles Dorn having some injury concerns. But you combine the fact that Miles Dorn has looked healthy so far, um, still somewhat limited in camp, but they say he will be a full go when they go to Berkeley on the second. And, you you know, Trey Shaw not being there, one of those guys that I think most people thought was going to be that inside guy. Um, you know, at this point, I, I think it's pretty much inevitable that, uh, you, at, that right now, you know, Trey Shaw on the shelf, Miles Wolfolk will stay out there. Corey Bell Jr. is another one that Pat James said he really thinks has been impressive. And, you know, anybody that's, you know, followed this team the last couple of years, they kind of know that, hey, look, you know, he, he does have an effect. Usually he's one of those camp guys that is always performing at a high level and then really just, you know, as they get close, you know, once they get in-game situations, He's just really not as good. So, you know, I, I wonder if that will translate over this year. Maybe as a senior he can finally get it going on the field. But, you know, having the multitude of guys that we have could potentially be helpful down the line. Turn to the offensive side of the ball. Mention the quarterback situation, of course, um, with, with Chad Surratt now on the shelf. Everything kind of changes at that quarterback position. Nathan Elliott's now the starter backup situation now becomes where there is a quarterback battle. Uh, Cade Fortin, true freshman, is the one that as of the moment Pat James thinks would win that job if they headed into Berkeley today. But there's still a long way to go. Manny Miles is a senior. He's been in this system for a while. Um, I, you know, he's had some on-field time. I don't know how much you really take. Remember he played against James Madison a couple of years ago. 
But that's been the only action he's seen. So all of these guys are relatively young, relatively inexperienced. Uh, Jace Reuter, you know, that's another guy. He came in, I think, came in with a little bit of an edge early on against Cade Fortin, but Cade Fortin really has turned it on as they've gotten down the stretch here in fall camp. And now I think it's probably, you know, a battle between him and maybe Manny Miles. I don't know where Reuter stands in that, but I know that they are really liking what they've seen from Cade Fortin. He's really taken a step forward. So, you know, some encouraging things, some really encouraging things at that quarter, backup quarterback position. And, you know, as of right now, we're probably not going to see those guys. The only game that I could maybe see them playing in in those first four games would be ECU. But with as many guys as we're going to have suspended for that game, I, I really don't think that we're going to have to worry about putting backups in, in that game. Trust me, that's a game that we should still win. ECU really is not all that great of a team. They have a coach, though, that comes in on the hot seat in Scotty Montgomery, and it's not going to be easy for us to beat them. They are going to be playing with a different fire, and that team is going to look a lot different this year. Uh, they lose their starting quarterback, and Gardner Mayhew ends up transferring. So, uh, you know, they, there will be some, uh, so some, some different guys out there for them, and it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to adjust. For us, we got to come in prepared. I mean, Berkeley is going to be the first step. But turning back more towards the team, going to the running back position, again, one of the strengths of this team, really, I, I think everybody kind of knows that. Um, you know, you, you look at it, and right now, I, I would say that Jordan Brown and Michael Carter are your two guys that are going to run the ball the most. But I would also keep an eye on Antonio Williams to receive some carries this season. Um, Javante Williams is a guy that really came, you know, came into spring camp and really impressed. Uh, Devon Lawrence is another one, uh, you know, a guy that comes from one of the in-state powerhouses at Wake Forest High School, you know, racked up 5,000-plus yards in his career. He's going to be interesting. Antoine Branch is back in there. Reason Antoine Branch, I think, could see time totally different than all these other ball carriers. A lot of these guys are focused on more technical running, more, you know, trying to find the holes and create with speed. Antoine Branch is a little bit different. Antoine Branch welcomes the contact. He will, He's there to run through you, and that's something that I think could pay dividends uh, you know, in goal line situations or, you know, in that red zone, I think that's the area that you could end up seeing him. Jonathan Sutton's still there, guy that averaged 5.8 yards per carry when he saw carries last year. Now he only saw 14 carries a year ago, but you never know. Those numbers could go up again. Again, he moved from linebacker to running back before last season. I think he has a chance to still be effective there. There are a ton of guys that could factor in. I think all of those guys, at least at one point, could see carries this season. Now, the thing that helps for that position group is that for the, for the freshmen, they can come in early on in the season, maybe in some of those first four games, um, you know, because that four-game mark is where you get, you get um, the redshirt factoring in. So the new rule this year is players can play up to four games and then you can redshirt them. So somewhat similar to like the, var, the varsity JV type rule that they have at the high school football level where you can play eight quarters of football. It's somewhat similar to that, similar to that 
um, but it goes off a game. So as long as they do not play after that fourth game of the year, you can put the red shirt on them. I think that could come into effect here, maybe to see if Javante Williams or Devin Lawrence has anything for these top guys. If they don't, then you can just redshirt them and kind of put, you know put them on the back burner and bring them in the next year and 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 kind of add to this group because you got to think at this point again no one's scheduled to leave in the off season but with as much talent as there is in that backfield Michael Carter will not be eligible to leave but the other two guys will be eligible to leave so you do wonder whether or not Jordan Brown or Antonio Williams one of those guys makes the jump to the next level the wide receiving core is really just as good as it's always been. You know, Gunther Brewer leaves for the NFL. He's now coaching with the Philadelphia Eagles. It, you look, it, it's, you know, it, it hurts uh, primarily in recruiting. I think that's the area where a lot of people will probably say, hey, you know, if only Gunther would have been able to say, I think our recruiting class in this 2019 class at least would have been better. I would have to agree with that. But at the same time, I, I I understand why he left, of course, to go to the NFL. And I think that bringing in Luke Paschal really is a good move. You know, he's done some good things, some really good things, at Arkansas State as part of Blake Anderson's group. Now he comes back to Chapel Hill. And, you know, I, I think so far, you know, everybody's had rave reviews of this group. Bo Corrales being out definitely hurts. That's a weapon that we really are going to miss because he was that guy that was going to be able to go up and get the football. Really don't have many of those types of guys on the team right now. Anton Green, I think it's probably the best guy that can come in and take over that role. But as of right now, he is not even really on the two deep when it comes to camp rosters. So that's one of those things where, you know, maybe he sort of builds that profile over time. And as we get, Later into the season, he could become that guy. But as of right now, you know, Anthony Ratliff-Williams is the guy. Um, I think everybody kind of knows that. He was our go-to receiver late in the year last year. He's that guy that, you know, potentially could be that take-the-top-off type of player that we do need, even though we didn't see much of that last year because he had to be that go-to receiver. Now with some of these slot guys back, I think he may be able to try, try to transition to that deep threat role. Um, if not, Diami Brown, the true freshman who has been working with the ones pretty much the entire camp, uh, he's going to start. At this point, it seems pretty inevitable. Pat James t- told me yesterday that he really does agree with that. I think right now it's pretty hard to keep someone as talented as Diami Brown is off the field. Maybe he's that guy that's going to be that deep threat role. They've said that he's kind of been that go-to receiver at times, especially for Chad Surratt. So that is very encouraging. Thomas Jackson is back in the slot. He'll be with Daz Newsom in that slot. That's going to be a good battle between those two guys there to see which one of those guys emerge. You know, Thomas Jackson early in the year last year before the injury was probably our best overall receiver besides Austin Prohl. Uh, he had seven catches, 90, 99 yards, and two touchdowns in the first two games alone um, before getting injured, of course, against Old Dominion. And, you know, you look at Daz Newsom. He was a guy that, you know, showed us something in that Louisville game, and then we just never really saw him again. He really didn't have much of an influence. Somehow finished with 26 receptions, but if you're like me, I don't really remember him having a massive impact really in any other games. I, he was kind of one of those guys that showed something in that, in, in that 
game against Louisville and then just wasn't on the field a whole lot. A lot of different guys came in instead. Um, now it's his chance, I think, to shine. And, you know, after that, that, that's kind of the area where you start to get concerned. You're reaching, you know, J.T. Cawthon came back. You wonder just how good the relationship with the coaching staff is, as it was rumored that he had left because of the Jordan Adams situation. So you wonder, you know, kind of what you what to expect from him um, going forward. So, you know, I, I don't know where they're at with him. Um, Roscoe Johnson is another one that's kind of a head scratcher. We don't really know what Roscoe Johnson is there to do uh you know roscoe johnson you know he's a good guy he's a guy that works hard in the slot at times he's been there uh outside i think he can play as well if he needs to that's where he played in high school he's got the speed potentially to take the top off but you know i kind of wonder what kind of role they're looking to use him in that's kind of my concern when it comes to roscoe johnson that's one of those things where i guess we're just going to kind of have to wait and see what type of role he's going to fill um, some of the other areas, of course, Rontavious Toe Groves uh, is coming back, um, comes off the injury. Apparently, he's looked pretty good, and he's another one of those guys. He's another slot receiver, so it's going to be, it could be potentially a little bit tough to try to get him on the field. But I think with Daz Newsom being able to move to the outside, he's a guy that is kind of like Austin Prohl. You know, he can he can be uh, outside, but he prefers, I think, to be in the slot a little bit more good route runner, so that that's where Daz Newsom has that ability outside. Rontavious Togroves, I think you can put him in the slot. You know, we saw him against Duke last year. I think he's going to return punts, so he'll have his chance on the field to show himself. It's just whether or not he'll be out there with the receiving core. It, that's kind of the question. Is there enough space on the field for him to get in there? Anton Green, as we mentioned, but after that, you know, with such a good amount of guys, then you start to reach the guys that are red shirts and you wonder just the type of impact that they're going to get. Now, I saw the other day uh, Austin Crismon, who was a walk-on, he was um, actually out there with the number two. So that is very interesting. Potentially, he's who knows, he may be climbing the depth chart. You wonder. Um, there were some guys maybe that were absent, and that's kind of where, you know, things maybe went awry there. So, you know, we'll just – it's kind of just a wait and see there. Then you hit the tight end position. Carl Tucker, I think, is going to be uh, the starter there for sure. Brandon Fritz is expected to come back sometime late in the season if the Tar Heels are in contention. Um, I, I think at this point it seems like he's pretty much hell-bent on coming back no matter what. So more than likely he is going to be the starting tight end uh, at some point this season. I think when he comes back, he'll probably take over that role over Tucker. Either that or they'll switch back and forth, which I think they've done pretty much most of their career. So they're going to probably go back to doing that again. Jake Vargas uh, is now going to be the number two tight end, at least for the time being, with Fritz on the shelf. I like Jake Vargas. He's more of a receiving threat. So, you know, this is a guy that really, you know, I, I, I think he's he's going to be in there for a certain situation. He's going to be maybe that third down tight end that they use. Hasn't really seen a whole lot of burn so far in his career, so that could be good or bad. Um, but I think he ends up coming in and having an impact this season in some way. After that, I know Garrett Walston and Noah Turner are battling back there. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what those guys will potentially bring to the table. Offensive line, bit of a question mark. You know, the suspensions, four suspensions on the offensive line. Now, that hurts. One of them is a walk-on. 
But, you know, Brian Anderson now out of the right tackle battle, or excuse me, right guard battle, um, right tackle is settled. So the starters that we know, uh, William Sweet expected to be at left tackle. Uh, left guard is going to be Nick Polino. He pretty much secured that spot in uh, spring camp. And, you know, I think they're really solidified. You know, he solidified himself in fall camp as well. Uh, J.J. McCargo is going to be the center. He was injured uh, in the fall, but he is back. Or he was injured in the spring, excuse me. But he is back for the fall. So he will be ready to go when they step out there on the second. Uh, and, and argue. I mean, right now, he could potentially, if he shows – similar stuff to what he showed us last year, he might be the best offensive lineman that we have in this group. And then Charlie Heck is going to be the right tackle. The question mark comes at right guard where there are now going to be three guys that will be battling. Brian Anderson was a guy that was expected to potentially move over from center and challenge for that spot. Now that he's gone for the first four games of the year, that means it's going to be down to Billy Ross, Tyler Pritchett, and the true freshman, William Barnes. You know, Billy Ross and Tyler Pritchett were guys that went back and forth in uh, in spring camp and, you know, have gone back and forth here in fall camp as well. As of right now, it seems like Billy Ross is probably the lean. Billy Ross is a guy that has a bigger body. Uh, you know, that's something that we heard from Andrew Jones on the podcast last weekend. And, you know, he I, I have to agree with them. Billy Ross is a little more built to be an offensive guard I think Tyler Pritchett's a little undersized, but technique-wise, I think Pritchett's holding in with Ross. And then there's, of course, William Barnes. Everybody wants William Barnes on the field in the first game of the year, but it's not really that easy. William Barnes, you know, although he has the size, learning the scheme, having good, uh, you know, connection with these other offensive linemen, that's what's going to be the determining factor as to whether or not he is on the field early in the season. And, you know, at this point, I would say, you know, there's a chance. I think at one point during the season, we probably will see him out there because, you know, we always say it and and we always hope that there will be no injuries on the team. It's just not going to happen. There's always going to be injuries. So, you know, really, I, I think at some point, we'll probably end up seeing him somewhere, whether it's a tackle, whether it's a guard. Um, we don't really know, but I think we will end up seeing him. He's too talented, I think, to keep off the field for the whole year. So there is going to be some potential to see him out there, and I think a lot of people will be encouraged by that. But if I had to go right now, I think I'm with just about everybody else. I think it's Billy Ross, Tyler Pritchett's right behind him, and then William Barnes is back there somewhere. Turning to the special teams, you know, you look at the special teams group, I think Freeman Jones, you know, a lot of people are encouraged by what they see from Freeman Jones. Um, I, I also really like Hunter Lent. I think both of them are pretty much the same type of guys. Now they are, you know, one's a kicker, one's a punter, but both of them have really strong legs, but have consistency issues. Of course, you know, that it's a little bit easier, I think, to iron that out for Hunter Lent. Um, I thought Lent last year was a little more consistent. There were some times where he still struggled a little bit, but I thought overall Hunter Lent was definitely consistent when he was in there for the injured Tom Sheldon for, I think he was the starter in four games. And then, of course, Freeman Jones, you know, was the starter all last year. I still think that's his job. His leg strength, I think, is just too much to kind of put on the bench. And I think, you know, with the with another year of of camp, another year to kind of iron himself out, 
I think there's a real chance that he could become that consistent kicker. We really, you know, we don't need him to connect on a ton of long field goals. He connected on two long field goals last year against Pittsburgh. We just need him to be that guy that can hit about 75 to 80% of his field goals in a season. Of course, the return game, no worries. A kick returner, one of the best in the entire country, and Anthony Ratliff-Williams. The concern, I guess, concern comes at, at punt returner, and it's really just because we don't know exactly what Rontavious Togrove's health really is. Now, we've seen him running routes and everything like that, but, you know, today in the scrimmage was probably the first time he's seen any contact since that Duke game, and again, that Duke game was the first game that he played in his entire career because he had another knee injury that he was recovering from prior to playing in the Duke game. That was an injury that cost him his entire freshman year and part of the start of that uh, sophomore year for him, So, or redshirt freshman year for him. Now he comes into his redshirt sophomore year. You kind of wonder what the health of that knee is. Now, if he cannot return punts, we don't really know who else is going to be out there. The guy that I think I would go with just based off of film is probably C.J. Cotman. Um, you know, he, he's got that dynamic return ability. And Diami Brown's another guy that could factor in. I know Dad's Newsome, I think, returned punts as well in high school. So, you know, uh, I, I think that's, you know, that's, that's really encouraging for sure, um, you know, to see those guys out there. So, you know, uh, unfortunately, nobody ends up calling in, guys. But I turned this into a bit of a preview podcast. So, um, you know, that, that, that ends up working out, guys. Uh, so, yeah, this was not anywhere close to the success that I was hoping for. Um, but I'm still glad that you guys do listen to the podcast. I see you guys listening. So, uh, you know, guys, just, uh, you know, just keep them to the podcast. Of course, subscribe on Spreaker.com, iTunes, they've got it. Google Play, I know they've got it in there as well. Um, so, you know, guys, just keep checking out the podcast. Keep checking out the blog. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm happy you guys like it. A lot of good feedback from you guys. Um, and, yeah, anytime anybody wants to step on a podcast, just, you know, hit me up on Twitter at Future Tar Heel, and we can get that set up, especially if you're a season ticket holder or something that really just wants to get on and talk about this team. So I want to thank you guys for listening to this version of the Heel Tough Blog podcast. And as always, go Tar Heels. Hardy's Happy Hour isn't your average happy hour. From 2 to 5 p.m., double sliders are only a buck twenty-five. Call it a charbroiled hour, a double beef hour, a whole lot of melty cheese hour. Call it what you want. Happy Hour at Hardy's is a good call. Offer for a limited time and only between 2 and 5 p.m. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included. Hardy's Happy Hour isn't your average happy hour. From 2 to 5 p.m., double sliders are only a buck twenty-five. Call it a charbroiled hour, a double beef hour, a whole lot of melty cheese hour. Call it what you want. Happy Hour at Hardy's is a good call. Offer for a limited time and only between 2 and 5 p.m. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included.